Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Today's show was recorded from the Namco event in Minneapolis just a couple days ago, where we discussed the future of the lighting business with Scott Middleson, uh, President-elect, and Bill Scro, the president of Namco, the National Association of Lighting Management Companies. Man, what a great talk. Unfortunately, about halfway through, we lost the video. Come on, man. Who's the AV producer around here? I think it's me. But folks, this episode of the show and so many episodes of the show and is brought to you by Keystone Technologies. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com, baby. I want to talk to you. It's that time of year. A lot of people are calling Atlas Lighting up here in Toronto about their signs. Sign Hero. Oh, who ever heard of that? That's right. Sign Hero is replacement LED lamps for T12HOs that go in signs. They got all the sizes, shapes, and they got them in 65K and 4000K. That's daylight and cool white. Just Google Sign Hero Keystone, one of the best products in the market, especially this time of year when everybody's realizing that their sign is burned out. So go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com, baby, KeystoneTech.com. And, of course, this episode of the show and every episode of the show is officially sponsored by the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right, NAILD.org. Friends of Nomco. For right now, we got Bill Scro, president of Nomco, and Scott Mendelson live from their event, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Minneapolis, Minnesota? Something like that. Greg's not on the, on the intro right here, or he'd tell me. I think they're the same thing. Mall of America. There you go. Welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, Bill Scrow. Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> what's your last name, Scott? Mendelson. Mendelson. Yes. So what's your, what's your, you're the president. Yes, and I'm treasurer, uh, vice president. Oh, you're coming up hot. President-elect. President-elect. <laughs> is go. it a stepping stone then? Do you get to be president eventually or is it something? Yeah, so treasurer, uh, is, it's, a, it's a dual role, so it's treasurer and uh, president-elect. So yeah. all the same. So, so he's uh, the next in line. Yes. He's following, following you. Yes. I'm following him. Good luck. following greatness here. <laughs> <laughs> sure are, these organizations are so wonderful because it allows people an opportunity to participate in succession. And a lot of people don't realize that, that in life, we, we don't always have that in families. We don't have it in our society. But in places like, as much as we used to, but in, in Nalmco, in places like Nailed, where we're, where we're our association, you have this succession of people handing something off of value that they volunteered for, that they did. Tell me a little bit about what it means to you, Bill, to be the president of Nalmco. Well, it's, it's, first off, it's an honor. It's a real pleasure and an honor to be associated with a, t a group of people, both our associate members and our general members. Mm. Uh, we have a unique group of uh, membership and uh, very focused in the industry, uh, but, an, but a unique organization. So it, uh, to me, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure and a real privilege to be, to be in this position. Mm. How about you, Scott? You know, we got generations here. No, oh, yeah. don't take it the wrong way, Bill. No, no, but, no. You know, <laughs> there's uh, a you couple guys years had, in between us. Yeah, <laughs> you, got, you know, you yesterday you, your your keynote was about succession, was about planning, exactly. about the different generations. I feel like there's too much focus on that. We were talking about it after. We just said, you know, people are people. You know, yeah. I, I you know put, putting them in a box of like millennial Gen X. Right? I don't know about that. You seem like a good guy to me. Are you a Gen X? Are you millennial? I'm, you? I'm right on the cr on, on the cuff, so I'm I'm right in the middle of it, right? Okay. So 1980 was the which is the year I was born. It was really oh. when you kind of tip from one to the other. From right, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So so I'm I'm kind of right on the line of, of the two. Yeah, so. but you don't care about any of that stuff. Doesn't You're make just selling light bulbs, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Essentially, yeah. I mean, we've been part of this organization. My company has uh, since the beginning, since mm, the incep yeah. our inception in the early 70s. Um, 
And so uh, my father and grandfather who started Imperial Lighting, which is where my company, um, you know, Namco was always a, a big part of, of what we did and who we were. And uh, they were active in the organization back in the day. And, and you know, I find uh, similar value than they did um, in, in the organization even today. So I'd like to, like to point out that Scott is third generation Namco. Wow. Awesome. So, you know, we're in that respect, we are a generational organization. You know, lighting is a, lighting is a family business, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of family businesses yeah. in lighting. On the, in the nail side, you guys call them associate members, the vendor side for us and right. the member side. There's families all over the place. Exactly. So if you look at our membership, not only do we have Scott, but Chris Frank is a third generation, second generation mm -hmm. member. Uh, and so we have a number of yeah. members who have been here. And it generated the Rob Wilson yeah. is second generation uh, member, so yeah. it's right. not unusual in this organization. Right, and it, it, yeah, and there and all, and both of the, uh, Rob's parents and uh, Rob's uh, mom, Jane oh. Wilson, and uh, Chris's parents, uh, Vic and Norma Frank, both served on the board as well and were presidents. Mm. So it's exactly and yeah. Carrie, yeah, and, and my father Carrie as well. Yeah, so mm. so they, the, no. this isn't a full time job for you guys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, no, other things. To do. We actually have businesses <laughs> to run, so uh, this is a this this is a volunteer organization right. at, so at heart. So. Imperial Lighting, where is that basin? Yeah, we're out of Chicago. So Chicago, okay. yeah, might need contractor i would assume yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah um, maintenance and upgrades um, throughout the chicago area um, been in business since the early 70s um, and uh yeah it's a it's a family business um, my siblings are involved with it as well and my father uh, and grandfather started the company in the 70s early 70s and um yeah it's a it's been a it's been a ride it's been a lot of fun and like yeah. i said now because a, a huge part of, of our identity and who we are as a company um between the you know the, the education that comes with it and the certifications um and the networking that comes in these events, it's just, it's a win-win for us. How about you, Bill? Yeah, we're, I'm with Eco Engineering out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. We're a privately owned company since 93. And, uh, you know, we're in the lighting, lighting controls business. And, and Nelmco is a very important part of what we do. The networking that we have and the, the membership, the ability to, to cross-pollinate with projects and support each other from an uh, installation and labor perspective, it, it provides us a... A, a source of qualified, high-capability personnel to execute our projects efficiently and uh, mm -hmm. profitably. So it's a it's an so, opportunity. So now co members are working together. Absolutely. Not just on the the business of the association and the educational program, but they're actually dividing up contracts and conquering the the lighting environment together. So well, you're saying you're working together a actually in your business every day? Well, well, the way we work together is if I capture a contract at Nomco or at Eco in its multi-location across the country, you need labor to install, mm, you need sure. qualified personnel to execute that mm. contract. We're able to reach out to a Nomco member and know with confidence we have a, a, a partner there who could who understands the business, who has the professionalism and the capability to execute it effectively. And so that gives us a leverage in the marketplace right. across across all lines. Exactly. So it works yeah. out really well. B Bill and I, you know, both serve on, on the board, obviously, but Bill's a customer of ours too. We do work for Eco. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a great relationship. And like Bill said, you know, most of the contractors here, if not all, are all very high quality. Um, they've taken the time to come to these associations and these events and learn and grow as companies and also take part in the certifications that yeah. the organization has to offer. Um, uh, so it, it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. And those certifications are very important part of what we do. That's par a large part of what distinguishes us in the industry. 
we have the position of on our certifications of being unique and having industry first in our CLMC certification and our control lighting professional certification. So when we go out to work, member companies across the country, we know that we are dealing with people who have a capability, who've demonstrated expertise, and it uniquely positions our membership in the marketplace. Hmm. How many members do you guys have? We're about 101, 102 members uh, total as far as general members. Right. General, yeah. And, and about 55 right. uh, associate members. Right. General, meaning company companies. Numbers or companies, yeah. Uh, like a, okay. Yeah. Like an imperial, like an eco engineering. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and then, then how about the vendors or what do you call them? They're associates. Associates. Associate. Oh, yeah. so 55 and 100. Okay. About 55 yeah. there, yes. I think total organization has um, 1,100 people or 1,200 Thir- people? 1,300 people yeah. total. Mm-hmm. You guys have basically the whole United States covered do you have some a nomco member everywhere for the you, most part yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean we're kind of spread out all over the place and there's obviously heavy concentrations in certain areas but yeah. for the most part we're yeah we're, across we're all, the country exactly yeah. how about and, canada and canada oh yeah. and canada for mike right. <laughs> we do have members in canada, canada and we do have general yeah. members that are up those in canada, son of a guns <laughs> let's yeah. talk about light bulbs lighting for a minute here this all business right. Has, you know, uh, we're all, we've all, we're five or six, seven years into this incentive boom that we've all been riding, mm-hmm. you know, rebates and, and this and LED, the, the, the emergence of a new technology um, disrupting our business and, and that and all these, all the other things that come with that. You know, you guys as Nelmco contractors, looking back, what do you, do you think that, what are some of the takeaways of the last five to 10 years of of change in this business. Where, where are you sitting with it? Are you positive about it? Are you negative? You look back and say, you know, we should have done things different as an industry. Where are you sitting, Scott? I think it's all positive. All positive. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think in the beginning, you know, six, seven years ago, I think a lot of companies were hesitant to get into the LED market because of the unknowns and it wasn't a proven technology. Um, they had warehouses full of HPS and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and as it's come out, I think it's, it's, it's opened opportunities for a lot of companies to... Um, expand and to offer you know a more technologically based product right so now there's so many more things you can do with led than you could have with whether it's indoor positioning or whether it's you know asset tracking all these are you doing any of that in your business no we've looked at it though we've Mm -hmm. had customers interested in it but we personally have not done any any sold any project we've we've we've, um, acted as labor on them but have not um, gone you know full turnkey and sold it to an end user but um no i i I think it's up it's open opportunities for a lot of companies um to to grow and, yeah. and I, I i look at it as positive all positive absolutely how about you bill any learnings from the last five ten years that we've gone I, through? yes i would agree with scott that it has been a very positive transition i think a couple of takeaways is that uh, if you look at the rapidity with which led has taken over the market i think that took everybody initially by surprise i think we were all looking at it originally as the transition from T12 to T8 that it's extended over a number of years mm. when and so when LED hit the market everyone's attitude was well it's probably take that same period of time but in reality you know you look back five years both the penetration and more significantly the technology change and improvement in product performance and capability has been phenomenal mm. it's unmatched it is. and now we're entering into you know, the revolution from our perspective of the ability to utilize that platform and extend it beyond that into the IoT of things. And that's a transition that we're going through. And I think that's an important transition. It's a positive transition 
it's going to offer a lot of opportunity for our companies. And as Scott mentioned, you know, we're just getting the handle on that and trying to figure out who's on first and how yeah, do we, sure. how do we on harness second? that? You know, <laughs> right. What's on second, exactly. Yeah. But the opportunities are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, they're absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. I so think, we got to harness that. Yeah. And I think from a, from a, even just a data uh, aspect, um, you know, we are, you know, we're looking at that and saying, okay, now we're not just um, contractors installing energy-efficient systems. We're, we're contractors installing data-driven systems, yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, that's the buzzword, right? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, there you are. So I'm just throwing up notes around here. I just had to write that down. <laughs> we, we do one pen and one pad, and we pass it <laughs> yeah, back. <laughs> I could rip one and give it's you a pen. Than, oh, man. You know, <laughs> well, it, it's, it's economy. So it's, it's, it's quicker than texting. So. It sure is. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you, you think about, you know, the difference between 2009, what, a, what an Alamco contractor would do right. every day, what you guys would talk about at your convention, and 2019. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a revolution. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. But, but by the same token, there's some similarities. And one of, I think one of, the, one of the misconceptions, and uh, Scott probably will agree with you, may not. But I think one of the misconceptions is, you know, if you look at a large part of the business pre-LED was maintenance and service and cleaning of fixtures. Mm -hmm. um, and when LED come in, you know, it was promoted as the end of, end of all. The you end of know, days. End of days. It's 50, <laughs> 100,000 hours. You don't have to worry about it. Nothing will happen. It's ever going to burn out. But the reality is they need to be maintained sure and serviced. Of course. Say, okay. Maybe not on the same frequency, but you'll have, you still it's have to It's a matter of frequency. Frequency, exactly. That's but, all it and is. And then you add the additional capacity and opportunity for the controls and the analytics. I think uh, we're just getting started. Just getting started. Yeah. Absolutely. Really, just I getting think getting started. Yeah. And I mean, we, we, you know, we, we talk about a maintenance business. So our, our company, Imperial Lighting, was founded under, you know, a maintenance umbrella, right? That's Changing that, light bulbs. That's it. That was it. Cleaning yeah. and changing light bulbs. And, um, you know, obviously as LEDs come in, they do have a longer life than fluorescent. Um, and I think, you know, as, as we kind of... Uh, grow into this and you know we, we we've been installing leds for quite some time now as we mentioned before um, and we're starting to see some of those early projects come into a phase where hey we need to look at this whether it's from a maintenance standpoint or whether it's from you know a replacement standpoint but they are they are they're great lighting systems they are going to last longer they are going to save the customer a significant amount of energy and provide a good amount of light um, but at some point they are going to need to be replaced that's kind of how we're looking at it. Um, no, it's not the same frequency as a fluorescent lamp and ballast, but it's still, um, it's still something that has to be, be maintained. Yeah. And, and it's, I think, it's still going to be part of the business. Absolutely. Model. Um, there's a customer perception out there, like, like Bill said, that, oh, it's an LED. It's never going to burn yeah. out. Um, That's changing, by the way. I, yeah. I agree with that. For sure. You know, I totally I mean, agree with that. When I saw an Edison report, 20,000 Detroit streetlights burned out. Yep. When I saw that, I just thought, of all the cities that could use a break, like, you know, that could have got the good lights. Exactly. You know, it couldn't have been in Detroit. Like, you know, <clears throat> Cincinnati could probably handle it. Yeah. In Detroit, fact, we, we oh. just upgraded 4,000 of Cincinnati's streetlights to totally. LED. Is that right? Yeah, we just finished that a year ago. Wow. So. They're, they're well on their way. And they're not going to burn out. And they're not going to burn out, right? <laughs> In fact, one of our members uh, here has just, uh, the city of Buffalo is going to be putting in 15,000 new streetlights. So oh. the opportunities are there. They're phenomenal. But to your point, once they're in, they still have to be maintained. Sure. Okay. Sure. And they're Cleaned. still going to be serviced and cleaned and repaired. 
because there's going to be damage. There's going to be people taking shots at them. <laughs> so, you, know. you said something earlier, the IoT of things. I right. loved it. I wrote it down. I had to write it down, the IoT of things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you hear these buzzwords. It's IoT. It's connected lighting. It's, you know, whatever. Um, when is When are we going to really see the payback or not the pay? What's the right word? When are we going to see the business case for connected lighting? Where is it going to come from? I don't know either one of you want to grab onto that one. Well, I'm, we were we were talking about that yesterday a little bit, um, and you know, in in our in our Cracker Rail session, which was kind of a you know collaboration together. But um, what what they what someone was saying is that you know the 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 systems are there, right? Their systems are there. They can be installed. They can be you know put put into use. But it's it the question is what we do with that data and who is going to own that data and who's going to mine the data. I mean, they said if you have an indoor positioning system, it could send. You know all this, all these bits of data every millisecond if you want it sure. to. But what are you going to do with that? And sure. who's going to own it? And is it going to be on the contractor end or the retailer end? Or you know, that's a 2012 question for phones. Yeah, like is the data valuable or not? Yeah. Right? They know the data is valuable. Exactly. I always, I always believe this. Like, you know, when I when I think about lighting, when the lights that go in are free, and the data is oh, what yeah. people want, that's when you're going to see right. the change. Oh yeah, we've heard it. I've heard that that you know theory a lot it's like you know let's not worry about putting the light in and, and the fixture in and let's just let's own the data and then that's where you know that's where the the good stuff is yeah and 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 what that presents is a couple challenges which are good challenges to have as an association and number one the the type of personnel that we need changes mm. That's where Nelmco comes in. That's right? where Nelmco comes in. But within our own organizations, we're looking at a different talent pool to support that activity. Okay. At the same time, there's an obligation, as you say, it's a buzzword. Everybody's talking yeah. about it. Yeah. But where's the practicality? Of sure. It? Who's going to screw the light bulb? Who's, who's going to connect right. it? Yeah. yeah. Right. And and so it's it's a tremendous opportunity for us, but we've got to define it. And it's got to have economic payback for the cut. The end user has to see the benefit of it. Mm. But they're beginning to see that in certain yeah. industries. You see process industries. Mm. You see hospitals, okay, institutions with the utilization of facilities. I've got a facility here that spreads over, you know, two acres. How am I utilizing that? I've mm. got space I'm heating or, or cooling or lighting. Do I need to heat or cool it? Well, when I implement an IoT of things... I can track all of that. Mm. I can feed that information back. Right. I don't need to be using this facility 24-7. I only need it for a, a two-hour mm. period from 8 to 11 or 8 to 10. And the system itself tells you And that. the system, all the yeah. data is coming back. But to Scott's point, I have all this data. Somebody's got to be able to take it and put it in a usable and meaningful form so that the end user can see it and see it and understand it and right. utilize it. And that's the next big, that's where the big transition has to mm. occur. Because technology is there. Oh, yeah. The sensors there, the platforms here. It, you know. It's been there for, for a long wow. time, actually. Exactly. Exactly. We're finally realizing it. You know. I think space utilization is a word um, that comes up, especially in, with, with, a, with a system that can track you know, what the usage is. And, you know, from a real estate company's perspective, I have to imagine that, you know, and again, we're out of Chicago and we have, you know, downtown office buildings that are, you know, 70, 80 stories. And if, sure. and if someone's paying a lot of, a tenant's paying a lot of money and they're looking at a, at a, at a space plan and saying, okay, well, this section, you know, this corner of the office is only occupied by two or three people for two or three hours a day. That's expensive real estate. 
And so if we can repurpose that at that 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 those areas and and find a better use of it or give it back to the building and lower our lease, it, there, there's so many things that you can do yeah. with that. But again, it goes back to having that data, having the right data and knowing what to do with it. Having the ability to make the decision because you have the information necessary to do so. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. right. One of the things we talked about um, in our strategic planning session um, last week on Friday um, was, you know, one, one of the things we think we're good at as an organization is being nimble and saying, look, if there's a need in the market for a training or a certification right. for this type of application, I think we can do it. And, and, and we're, we try to stay ahead of that, right? We try to stay ahead of those, mm. of those, um, of those certifications so that, you know, we can offer these, these types of things to our members and, and, and to attract people to come in and say, look, it's not just about lighting. There's so much more mm. that we have to do with, but like I said, as an organization, I feel like we're, we're, it's one of our strengths is looking, looking into the future and saying, what is, what is our industry going to look like? What is our organization going to look like? What are our associate members going to look like in 10, 15 years? And how do we prepare for that? Yeah. And it's a bit challenging, you know, a bit, it's hard to predict the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> the crystal ball. It's impossible cloudy. to predict the future. Yeah. Nobody can predict the future. You, you know, it's funny there's a lot of businesses out there that, um, well, you know, so the human brain is not designed to remember anything. A lot of people, they don't understand how memory works. So you know how you, you talk to people that are older, they say, I can't remember as much as I used to. That's right. right. Yeah. No. That's because not this guy, though. No, so. you're, not, you're not supposed to remember, actually. That's why you have a... a Your brain is a, is a predicting machine. So it doesn't remember things because it doesn't need to. It knows what's going to happen in the future. So you're not supposed to be able to remember what happened in Christmas 1985. Right. You're supposed to remember that, hey, I'm not going to host Christmas anymore because it's always a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you're supposed to know about the future, right? So it's, it's a weird thing predicting the future. Greg, you got a question? Yeah, about? so with where things are at today with LED, you pretty much have a purpose-built type fixture or you have one that is replaceable bulb mm -hmm. led bulb sure what do you prefer as a maintenance contractor that's a good question as a maintenance contractor yeah. oh it, existing because there's components that that like a modular system like replaceable with yeah. a, a nema standard replaceable stuff absolutely um that that i mean it's 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 tough right because i don't i don't like to say oh it's just this but it's really whatever the whatever's the best solution for the customer yep. look if they have a space that was um <clears throat> renovated five six years ago with fluorescent technology you know those fixtures are new they're in good shape I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to lean towards a retrofit solution, whether that's a lamp or a, or a lamp and driver or a retrofit kit. Um, but if it's an older, you know, facility that, you know, the fixtures have, you know, they've gotten the usage out of the fixtures, mm -hmm. it, it, they could use a replacement. That's, that's replacement. what we tend to lean towards. Yeah. Find the best solution. Yep. So yeah. what are you guys thinking about in the future now? You've got a purpose-built fixture. Are you going to replace the driver in 15 years, 10 years, or are you going to replace the entire fixture? Depends on the fixture. I know that's, that's the answer. That's but. a good question, <laughs> yeah. honestly, because that's a great question. Part part of the that's challenge, the sixty-seven thousand dollar question. That's right? exactly right, because part of the challenge is we talked earlier about the technology changing rapidly, mm -hmm. and we see that particularly in the area of drivers. Mm. Okay, and so you have a fixture that has driver X. You go to replace it, the driver's out, but you know what? What do I replace it with? Because they're not manufacturing driver X anymore. They're sure. in the, they're three generations down the road. So do I have the correct driver? Mm -hmm. And that's where the expertise of our people come into play. Mm -hmm. The ability to uh, ascertain that. 
and then identify the correct driver for that application. Hmm. And Scott uses a favorite. What about the L70 argument, though, where the, the, the LEDs themselves have dimmed? Well, we'll get to that. Hold oh, on. Okay. Well, 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 yeah, I don't. You're jumping ahead again now, <laughs> But, you know, Scott uses a favorite terminology. He said, today in this environment, it becomes a two-stop requirement because mm -hmm. we got to go out and identify that, and then you come back and get the right. And then you've got to go back and repair right. it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the challenges we have okay. we, yeah, uh, we, in that regard. But that's part of what differentiates us in the marketplace, the ability to do that from just from a local tin vendor or, you know, local contractor going to run in and put whatever's available, put it in there. Mm. And you may or may not have the right fix. Yeah. Right. Like, like okay. Bill said, it, the, these, you know, when we go to, you know, in a retail setting to go or, or, an, or an office setting to go, you know, repair an LED fixture that's currently, you yeah. know, burned out. Um, most of the time it is a driver that's typically what would right. what what component is going to fail um and then essentially we go out there and it's a it's a it's a two-trip resolution we go out there identify the issue we go back we have trained staff at our company that have to go and find and, and find this stuff and it's not easy it's not a ballast you can't mm. it, it's not like a advanced ballast burned out and you can go put a sylvania or an osram ballast back well, in you know where are where are grandfathers so much smarter than us bill like did, was there like a, a table where everyone from all the industry associations sat down and said look you want to make a ballast, son? You got to make it this shape, yeah. and it's got to drive these yep. lamps. Yep. After that, so the tube's got to be this long. Yep. The, the pins have to be like this. After that, do whatever you want. Right. But like, where is the where is the leadership in this business, Bill? Like, the, it's just a wild west craziness. It's, a, it's still wild west. It's, There's no standardization. There's yeah. no standardization. Absolutely no standardization. Yeah. Exactly right. And and part of what we're working with, and uh, one of our members very active. In, in, in two of our members, actually, Carrie, Scott's father, and Norma Frank are working on standardizing certain aspect of the industry. So her with. name's come up a couple times. She's coming on the show. Norma great, Frank. great. She <laughs> she'll, she'll do it. <laughs> she'll do it. She is very, very good. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. with the IES as well. Though. Yeah, she's, yeah, 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 she's an interface with IES, exactly. okay, and, and is working diligently in, in very focused on the issue we talked about maintaining and, and how do you service the LED. You mentioned L70 issue. Yeah, sure. You know, the argument is, well, LED never burns out. Oh, yeah, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. It just goes forever. Promises, promises. Exactly. That's what it's called on my show. So how do you measure? Promises, promises. Okay. okay. And, then, and, you know, promises made are not always kept. And what's, you know what the thing is, from a lighting maintenance contractor perspective, who cares? It's got nothing to do with you. You know, you go out, you, you you know, somebody comes up and the lights are out. They're mad at your maintenance. Oh, this was supposed to last forever. It's like, you know, we all knew. We know light bulbs burn right. out. Right. We know things fail. Sure. And I think this industry kind of went through a phase where a lot of people that were not in the industry came into the industry. Okay. And, you know, they were, I want to buy the letter I kind of guys. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, hundred thousand. Like throwing around hundred thousand hours. Like your company's been in business probably for half a million hours, like five hundred thousand hours, least. something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Least, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of hours, Bill. Well, yeah. you know, let me let me give you an example. I come into business. I've been in business six months, but I'm producing a product. I guarantee is going to have a hundred thousand hours. Oh, come on. Dude. Okay, now how do how, how do I do that? You've been in business for four thousand hours, buddy. Yeah, right? exactly. You put they, it in a microwave. Yeah, <laughs> it lasts ten seconds. Is that how that. you figure that out? The, the but, only but thing we I, see some of that shaking out now. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's starting to shake out finally, and it's going to take a little more time. Yeah, and it's got to settle out. But 
but right now there is no there is no yet it's still sort of a little bit of a wild west but but history repeats okay. itself sure exactly. does. and so uh th- my father always talks about when you know 30 years ago in the lighting industry when electronic ballast came out mm. so where we when they were transitioning from magnetic to to electronic ballast there were hundreds and hundreds of electronic ballast manufacturers um and at some point that market gets saturated sure. mm-hmm. and you know the uh, cream rises to the top i guess they say and or there's consolidation and there's consolidation, consolidation and and you wind up with with less manufacturing it's, we, it's weird how much difference a dollar makes like you think about like we used to sell an electronic ballast for $11 and $9 and $6 right like as you go down you see people exiting the business sure. all in out they That's can't it. compete no they That's don't have it. the efficiencies so mm. it, it, it it's paralleling that in a lot of ways mm. In, in, in a lot of that history, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So, um, but touching earlier, you were talking about LM70 um, and and these fixtures eventually, you know, dimming down to a point where, you know, they're past their useful life. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very complicated theory to, to address with customers and to, and to actually sure. explain to them and say, look, this isn't a light bulb. This is not going to burn out. Eventually, yes, it will, but it's going to be a long time from now. These are going to dim down. They're all if you install them all together, they're all going to dim down together, and eventually they're going to get to this point. You know, seventy percent of rated light, uh, rated output of, of lumens, and you're going to say, okay, someone's going to have to come in here and make that measurement and say, okay, we're at end of life. This is where we're at, and it's not, it's not, it's not if it's on or off. It's if it's dimmed down enough. And I think that's a tricky thing to explain to customers and say. You can see that in the parking garage here. Yeah. There's a lot of places you can no, see. No, you it. can see it. Like the, these pictures are probably five or six years old out in the parking garage in Mall of yeah. America. Yep. Right. You can see you could like back. I bet you when you saw it, you wouldn't be able to go like this to the fixture and look at it. it would be so bright. Sure. Because it had those. It's an older LED fixture. Sure. But you can see it. It's it's dimmed down for sure. But I think it goes back to the start of the process with the customer. That you've got to be upfront with the customer, and you you know, you can't promise a hundred thousand hour light life. Okay, you've got to talk to them realistically that this is. Like any other light source, it has a defined life. Mm. And that defined life is a little different to what you were saying, Scott. It doesn't just drop off and die, but it does dim down to the point that you don't have useful light. You're just burning energy. The only comparison I think of is like metal halide. Yeah. You know, like like you, too, yeah. you put exactly. in a metal hob, a new one beside an old one, you can see the difference. Like, yeah, sure. it's like, or, oh, a mercury, that or a mercury vapor. No, I'm not that out. old, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be careful here now. Let's be a little careful. There are a few mercury vapors around. Right? <laughs> There's, There's a couple, couple around here, I see. Exactly. <laughs> we, still have, we still have some low pressure stuff yeah, 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 in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I still see some LPS, thing. dude. I love yeah, that stuff. Exactly. You, know what? you know, you see a lot of LPS in mines, actually. Oh, really? Canada, yeah. A lot of mines have LPS because they take the heat. It's wildly efficient, too. Sure is, actually. Exactly right. CRI is in the dumpster, but you know, yeah, it's okay. it is what it is. The, you, me- you guys mentioned there's no standardization. Do you think we'll get to a point where we are going to standardize, and then we're going to have to go replace everything and make them all standards? I don't think so. No, no. I don't either. But it would be nice. I don't think so. No. It would <laughs> be a nice object. Where's the leadership coming in this business right now? So you know, the big three are gone. They're basically out of the business, mm-hmm. right? You have some fixture manufacturers that, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but we, I think we know who we're talking about when we say that. Um, but there seems to be a vacuum of leadership in this business, guys. Um, from the on the on the on the technology, the like the technology of, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it, but like how this stuff is made and how long it should last and what it should be made to be like. In the past, you know, those three companies would come out, they would make a product, everyone else would copy those products, 
and then you'd have a you'd have a product in the in the in the environment, and they had to do this, it had to do that, and there was out there. There doesn't seem to be any vendor leadership or associate member leadership in the business anymore. Is that a big problem, or is it a little problem? Or well, it's a good question, and it, it is obviously a, an a, a, an issue that at some point there's got to be someone's got to start emerging as being the leader or the standard setter. I think mm. part of my concern is that. It may not be a U.S.-based company. It has to be a U.S.-based company. But it, it may has not, to be. Well, I understand that, but it may not be unless we, you know, some things change. Because where are the LEDs being produced? Where is the standardization? Listen, light, lighting is a militarily strategic technology. technology. I agree. Okay, if you can't light your buildings, you can't fight a fight war. war. Okay, but we've so like. We've I mean, got, I, I'm not kidding when no, I say no, that. No, you're, no, you're, you're right. absolutely right. And, and so we've got to find that entity or entities who are going to step up and begin to be the standard setters and, and take the leadership role and set the standards for the industry. But right now, we're somewhat at the mercy of the manufacturers of the, of the LEDs. Our, our fixture manufacturers in the States are doing a great job of putting together complete products, but they're using offshore components. Okay, so... We, how do we? What do we do to correct it? How do we correct I, it? And I don't think this has been. I mean, this is this has been talked about for years, years. now. I mean, we were at, uh, we hosted a spring seminar for Namco in um, at Hubble uh, in, in South Carolina, I believe, about four or five years five ago. Years ago, yeah, yeah. And they put a panel up on on stage um, of of engineers and product directors and marketing people, and right. and we asked the question, you know, like you said, where's the standardization? And they're all like. It's not here, and we don't see it coming, and that was five years ago, and I would say Still it's the same thing that right. holds true well, today. Well, I mean, the Department of Energy is um, is not showing the kind of leadership no, that... No, they're not. You know, I mean, the recent regulation rollback, I mean, letting people yawned at that, because who cares about 45 lumens per watt? We're over the lumens per watt thing, I think, as an industry. Right. that Like, lumens per watt is not a big deal, and like, oh, it's Trump, it's Democrat versus Republican. It's not a... Light bulbs are not a political issue, issue. but they are a militarily strategic Easy issue, issue for sure. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like it, right now, if you go to war with China, in five years, you're not going to have any lights in America. Right? That's what I'm not. I'm not and you're already kind of at war with China in a way. Yeah. America, I'm a Canadian, so I'm looking at it from the outside. You guys are already in an economic war in a right. way. There's a lot of similarities between 1930s. America-Japan relationship and the nineteen, the two thousand nineteen mm-hmm. America-China relationship, very, very similar relationships, right? Like you look at how it is. America was strangling Japan, cutting off oil supplies, engaging in, in economic uh, anaconda activities of choking people out and putting them into boxes and Monroe doctrines coming out and this is our right. sphere of influence, this is your sphere of influence. A lot of that stuff is happening again today and. You look at the integration of the global economy. Lighting is probably number one. Lighting, the lighting, lighting industry has done all the energy efficiency work. Right. No other industry can come close to us. Yep. yep. We've done all the work. You want to talk about cha- saving energy? It's all lighting guys. That's right. Everyone else can suck eggs. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Uh, that's fair. Lighting funds the other projects. That's exactly. Yeah. It's the, the, the other, the other you know, avenues are, are, are riding the lighting coattails right. for the savings. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, with automation and, and uh, 3D printing, they've got to be able to make stupid TA tubes in America. Come on. LED TA. Yeah, right. come LED on. Well, no, you know, I'll tell you this. So you guys know what NORAD is, right? North American sure. Air Defense Command, sure. right? So it's a Canadian and American thing. And right. it's like our Air Force is, well, your Air Force and what we have of an Air Force work together. 
And they, but they, they wanted um, a T8 fluorescent fa fixture manufacturer in North America. So they had one in Oakville, Ontario. They moved it to Ohio. But they kept it because it was, it was strategic. I haven't brought this up in a while, Greg. But I'm back to I'm getting back to it because I think it's important. You've heard this before. Oh well, yeah, I've yeah. heard a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they you know we need we need to be able to make the four foot fluorescent T8. That's it. That's all we need to be able to make, hmm. and we can fight a war against anybody. Right? What's that? What is that product now? What is one? Are they, you know, if we can make HPS and, and, and four foot fluorescent T8s, we're good to go. <laughs> Everyone else can sell cakes, but that's it. That's all we need. What is it? What is that technology we need now? Like, what do Osram and GE and whoever need to make in order to make the West lighting, su lighting sufficient? Well, you know, the, you, if you step back, take it back a little further, one of the key ingredients in that fluorescent lamp was rare earth, right? Ooh. <laughs> huh? And I think, he you know, there's, there's yeah. a perfect example of us losing a strategic objective on rare earth, we let, a, we let a foreign power capture that market mm -hmm. before we woke up and realized that, to your point, I can't produce light bulbs anymore and sell them at two bucks a lamp because all of a sudden my rare earth costs have gone off the chart. Mm -hmm. And so you've limited, not only that, but you've limited my availability of products. So I've, you've limited my production capacity. Mm -hmm. We're finally coming back around to the, to the, you know, to the, really to the acknowledgement of the entrepreneurial spirit of the U.S., you know, they found alternatives to that rare earth and developed alternatives to it, but we still need it. It's mm. still needed strategically, so now we're be going back and we're opening up our, our sources for rare earth, and the pressure's taken off. I think the same thing applies to the lamp. What's the, what's the lighting fixture? What's the lamp of the future? I think it's still going to continue to be for for the decade or so. The LED, the next generation is me OLEDs, probably mm -hmm. in some mm -hmm. form or fashion. But the LED is going to be around for another decade, probably. You are going to see continued improvement. The question is, are we going to allow that manufacturing of that LED and the standardization of LED remain offshore, or are we going to bring it onshore, or we, you know, or bring it into an area where we're not in conflict? Okay. It's interesting. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's we're just getting a little picture here. <laughs> so it, 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 when you think about it from a perspective of, of how powerful the United States is as a country. Right. So Canadians are, like, for example, when you travel to the United States, you clear customs in Toronto. Right. Right. All right. That's powerful, dude. Like, other countries don't behave that way. Like, yeah. you're going to pay us to have our P Americans here checking everybody out. Like, that's a, that is a, a very strong uh, extension of U.S. might, mm -hmm. okay? Right. When you're, like, we're, we're pushing into Canada and different areas. And you clear customs in Toronto, son. You don't even come to the United States. Right. That's power. So, America is the most powerful nation to ever exist. Um, but Americans don't think about that enough. I don't. I don't think. I. I. I they. They're so in, in a way. They're so. They're so. They're like a big dysfunctional family right now that can't get along. Like you ever go over to somebody's house, and you're sitting down for dinner with them, and they're fighting with each other, like oh, yeah. arguing. Like America's kind of like that right now, and I feel like going to America's and just shaking their heads and said, "Like, look, you guys are such a force for good in the world, actually." Right. 
America is a force for good. They're not a force for bad. Trump is not Satan. Barack Obama is not the devil. These are good people. Whether they're Democrats or Republicans. It doesn't make a difference. It It doesn't doesn't make a difference. And they're not that powerful. They're not dictators. They have the Senate. You have the Congress. You have the Justice Department. It's a good country. Um, When it comes to the lighting lighting business, we did distill all that down. I think there needs to be an American company that leads this. I would agree. And and that's still yet to be defined, I think. That's right. 100%. That still has to be defined. And, but I think that the other thing that's unique about America, we may be dysfunctional. It's like a family. You know, you get you got a family with, with uncles and siblings and uncles and aunts. And if you're Italian, you can relate to this because when you get that family together, it's a lot of yelling and hollering. Sure, sure. Back and forth. But don't let anybody from the outside approach the family. Sure. Because all of a sudden there's an identification. You've got to fight those Kentucky boys and, now. And, yeah, exactly. And so now the front solidifies. Sure. Well, I, I would tell you this, but Bill, but Bill I would way. say that the breakdown of political compromise in the United States is the world's most dangerous problem. Hmm. I, I would not disagree with that, but I, I still have undying faith in the ability of the American people. If they're confronted with a challenge, they will come back together. And I'll take you back. I hate to do this. But I take you back to 2001. We were dysfunctional prior to 2001. We and don't I, need that order in order to come together. We no, we I don't need that. Uh, we, I, I think de- we do, maybe. I don't, doesn't, I'm not suggesting we need that, but what I'm suggesting as an example where you have a company, that, a country who's that family that's kind of quarreling sure. with each other, and then a, a tragic event occurs, and there's complete unification. Now, our memories are short, to your point about our memories. And so we're kind of drifting back to where the families had feud again. Mm. But, you know, if something should happen, to your point, then I think you'll see the United States come back together. I have that faith that we will do that. And it's the same thing, bring it to the lighting industry. We're going to reach a point where, you know, that consolidation is going to take place. And there is going to be a, a company or two companies who rise to the top and take a dominant position, take control of the marketplace and begin to bring sense to it. And and I think part of what we're doing and the work we're doing through Norma's efforts, through Kerry's efforts, working with the, the IES and, and DOE will help solidify those standards and bring some sanity to this industry, which mm. is sort of, again, a little bit of the Wild West. But it's the Wild West in the 1890s. Sure, it's not Martin. the Wild West of the. <laughs> can 1800s. I can I be a little bit bold here? I yeah. think I think I think the. You mean you haven't been? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have. We ain't seen nothing yet, Bill. Come on, man. No, I think the leadership's going to come from now. Go from nailed from the IES, yeah, where it I should agree. come from. Exactly. And I, I think you know when I we we were at the IES convention uh, conference back mm-hmm. in August when we were we like super smart people there, dude. Right. Oh yeah. You know, I'm not kidding you. Like, oh, great. You know, like I I know a lot about light bulbs. But check your check your heads on. Yeah. You're now you're into the full lighting dork world. Right. But I, the, the, to me, it's like the way, way I see it is like IES IES is get, is being you know uh, has been basically reformed in the last five years. In the true word of the word reformed, reformed. reformed. Mm-hmm. They've reformed themselves. Right. right? right. They said this technology we accept it, and you know a lot of times you know. When we were when we were going through this, you know, the distributors, the contractors, the IES, the, the designers, right. the manufacturers, 
we weren't we weren't we weren't jumping in the the deep end full steam. We were taking our time, and that sort of resistance to change. I mean, a lot of people think that change is good. That sort of resistance to change is healthy. I agree. You understand what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it slows yeah. you down to think. Through. Yes, and so the IES is now positioned already, and all these other organizations are kind of the way I see the IES is kind of like an umbrella that we all sit under. Sure. And you guys, the contractors are here, the distributors are over here. You got the designers and the and the you know this sort of stuff. And so we look to. Lead. I think the IES is going to emerge as the leader. Yeah, and and we're working in close conjunction with the mm. IES now, mm -hmm. in 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 the sense of establishing standards and and certifications. In, in bringing some continuity and unity to the marketplace. But I agree with you. I think it part, what we'll do, what the IES will do, what EES, we're going to be we're going to be the leaders. This is where it's going to come from. The old, you know the distribution mm -hmm. side of it. It's it's got to come from us if it's going to come from anywhere. We've got to drive that market. And we got to have the foresight to do that to go back to your ability, you know, your thought about forecasting the future. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You got to try. Of course, you got to start somewhere. And we're, you know, you're gonna, we're gonna stumble along the way, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if we keep focused on what it is we want to achieve, we'll get there. And this lighting industry is a magnificent industry. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's par none. I love it. Okay, and it's getting better. It's it is. getting better. It's getting more complex. It's, I think but I th it's getting better. I think it's getting smarter. Yeah, I really it is. do. Mm -hmm. I think in, in I a think lot it's of ways. challenging our members. It's challenging uh, associate companies. It's challenging technicians uh, to, have to have to dig dig deeper and learn more, more. and be more adaptable and, and be able to you know accept this technology because this is going not going away. It's coming and. You know, hopefully there will be some standardization at some point. You know, we've been talking for 45 minutes, and I think we could probably keep going. But <laughs> it doesn't seem that long. It doesn't. It, does, it doesn't seem that I'm just looking Not at the all. clock right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott, Bill, thank you very much for inviting us oh. to your event and having us here and, and having this discussion here. with us. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, well, we appreciate, appreciate you being here. You know, no, yeah, our pleasure, like man. We love you. it. We love yeah. coming to these and, things. And come on back. We will. We will. Please. Yeah, I think I think Nailed should be a member of Nalmco. Actually, well, I would agree. I would agree with and that too. Yeah. We, I will say this to you: there's an offer on the table. Too. Ah, there you go. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, but they open, have the open offer. arms. Yeah. All right. Okay. We thank appreciate you, you guys. Yeah. Coming. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you, Bill. Thank, thank you. Thank you, my yeah, no Appreciate problem. it. Thank you, Greg. Folks, that's been day. the Get a Grip on Lending podcast from the Nalmco trade show floor here. Check it out. Nalmco's always in October, right? October, and, October. We have and they have a spring event, too. Spring event. Yeah. But don't let the spring event compete with the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors show, <laughs> April 19th to 23rd. <laughs> Guys, thanks for, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank yes, you, bye for now. Right. I want to apologize for losing the video, but I want to tell you first to go to keystonetech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com, baby. Why? Sign Hero. Sign Hero is back. It's that time of year again, folks. Everybody's looking up. They're seeing that their signs are burned out. And they're saying, hey, man, can you come and change out my old T12s and put in new T12s or what? What? Why do that when you can go Sign Hero? All you do is cut the ballast right out of the circuit, take all the neutral wires and run them to one side of the sign, take all the other wires and run them live to the other side of the sign and put in a Sign Hero lamp, man. I've done it so many times. I love Sign Hero. Just Google Sign Hero Keystone or go to KeystoneTech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. And, of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right. Nailed.org, man. It's a good association. If you have a warehouse and you keep things in stock and it's light bulbs that you keep in stock, this is your association. Come on, man. Go to N-A-I-L-D.org. Education. Oh, so much stuff we do. Anyway, and we want to thank Bill Scrow and Scott Mendelson 
president and president-elect, respectively, of the National Association of Lighting Management Companies, our friends at Nalmco. What a great show they put on, man. That Cracker Barrel, the speed dating. Man, that was a great show. You guys do a good job. And it's always good to connect with those people at Nalmco. So thank you for having us to your event. And we really enjoy talking to you guys. But for right now, remember, keystonetech.com, sign hero. Thanks for listening. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you. 